John and Greg are not role models. While they are human, they are about to delve into the world of the most uncouth of cartoons. Some of the things they will talk about and language they use to describe things would cause pearls to be clutched, blood pressure to rise, and hopefully not get John deported. To put it another way, don't listen at work or around kids at home. Listen to discretion is advised. Butt Munch. What's up, everybody? This week, Greg and I talk about the show that nailed the mind of teenagers everywhere, Beavis and Butthead. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe... <laughs> he said nailed. <laughs> So this one's going to be a little different this week. It's, uh, <laughs> oh man, we've had uh, some controversial subjects over the last couple of weeks, but this is this is one that's going to be, yeah, this one's going to be good. Uh, hi everybody, what's going on? As I mentioned earlier, I'm talking about the great Beavis and Butthead, and I'm joined by Greg Gregor. Greg, man, how are you, brother? Hey, doing good, 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 good to be back as always. Did I say good like five times? Can I say more? Good, 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 good. It's good to be back. Uh, <laughs> man, after last after last week's goofiness um, with my wife putting one of the greatest Oasis songs of all time, a random seaside, which only was on the vinyl version, which was a comedy song. I've, I've yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm ready for anything, man. Beavis and Butthead is gonna be is is gonna be a good one. But before we get into it, guys, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram, check out Because Maybe Network. Look at bitly network youtube Excuse me. And if, of course, this is not where you usually listen to podcasts, go into uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and tune in, and that's where you'll find us. So, <sighs> Beavis and Butthead, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it, it uh, it it weirdly uh, it almost I don't want to say it defined the generation, but it was definitely a like a cornerstone centerpiece of that sort of '90s pop culture, if you will. It, it was generation. It, yeah, it, it had it had a just it had a real it just had a real something to it. It was it was unlike anything that we had really ever seen before, as far as an animated series. So. Groundbreaking is always overused, but I think this was definitely groundbreaking. Oh definitely yeah, groundbreaking. Was, yeah, and I mean, it was rude and crude, and uh, you know, um, they were they were really complex yet simple characters in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, it was, it was yeah, it was, it was it was definitely something. I don't know. This is the thing. The great, the, the how how it was written, which we'll get into here in a little, you know, in a little bit. It's 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 weird how it was so dumb. But because it was so dumb, it was genius. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, I, 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 I used to watch it a lot with my mom, and I, she would <laughs> she would just bust bust a gut um, sometimes uh, listening to that. Um, it, yeah, and because a lot of it, I think, might have kind of won over my head at the time. But uh, yeah, it was it was always really cleverly written, really really well done. My sister was a big fan of this stuff. I know I've mentioned my sister a lot, but uh, my sis- one of my sisters is six years older than me. And this was her thing because um, my folks used to go out. To, I, I don't know how, 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 how it worked over here, but like every Saturday, every Sunday night in working men's towns in the UK, you know, they have like a big 
night of entertainment which is usually like a local karaoke act and a racist right. comic racist comic and a bad magician <laughs> or so, some, some crap like that and so my folks would go out every sunday to that right and they come home with you know with takeaways and stuff like that but my sister would always nine thirty every night mtv this would be on and yep. she thought it was hilarious like like i was like i said earlier it's, this is basically if you want to know the mentality of generation x this is bottle this this is it in 10 to 15 minute installments yeah it's kind of the worst i guess like the worst example possible in a sense but yeah i mean yeah sure i mean the the obsession with uh the mall and music (laughs) and you know no you know laziness no motivation it's i mean yeah i mean i guess guess in a sense you could argue it's kind of like the stereotypical portrayal of it this is what Doug would become in high school. Yes. So, so before we get too far into it, right? Let's let's for all the nerds out there who like these kind of informations. This was a satirical animated series. Yeah. Uh, and the and the satire was modern teenage and adult culture. I'm I'm surpri- I'm honestly surprised by that. I figured it would just be labeled like a, a comedy. But I no, mean, it, but that that makes sense. It's just it's it's a complete. You know, uh, AVGN said it the best. It it's a social satire. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Definitely. Um, yeah. Social social commentary or whatever. Yeah. yeah he he's. I, have, gotcha. I think I got the quote. I think I got the quote in here somewhere. Hang on one second. In all my eight thousand pages of research. Um, yeah, they seem to represent the kind of primal teenage inner self, a warning of what our generation might come to if we don't subdue that innocent inner, inner self, a social satire. Covered in fart jokes. Yes, yes, I, I, I remember that from the, um, the the one of the episodes he did about that. Yeah, he, he it was I, I love his, Yeah, I love uh, he he can be just so just eloquent with that yes. sort of thing. He's definitely a, definitely a smart guy. He he's very very eloquent with a few fart jokes in there. Uh, yeah, because that's the thing, you know. But <laughs> um, yeah, balance it out. You know, this was created by Mike Judge, who went on later to create Daria obviously and king of the hill yeah, yeah um, two really great shows two really great and, and darius kind of cheated but not really but um the original round which is what we are going to be talking about 1992 to 1997 there was eight seasons and 222 episodes that's that's uh, i mean i'm i when i was first reading these notes i was i was kind of blown away by that number i can't believe it was that they got that much content and mileage off of essentially a handful of characters that centered around Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, and I think part of the reason was is that everybody's got those kind of stories, right? I mean, everybody, you know, every teenager's got that high school story, that mole story, that shitty job story. Right, yeah. You know. That embarrassing cornholio incident. <laughs> yeah, so you, so you can definitely stretch it. And if, you only, if you've only got, like, ten minutes to work with, you can recycle the story with different elements because what it did, and this is the thing, I think one of the strengths of the show is that it had a 10-minute cartoon, right? right. It, the, the show, Every show was 30 minutes, a standard 30 minutes, right? Which in reality is about 25 minutes if you had the... Yeah, 23, yeah, 25, minute. depending on how yeah. terrible the network is. Yeah, and 10 minutes of that was this was the cartoon, the day-to-day life of Beavis and Butthead. And then the remaining 10 to 15 minutes was them reviewing music. Yeah. And they reviewed everything. I mean, they reviewed yeah. everything from ACDC to Celine Dion. To, like, Boys to Men. I mean, I remember yeah. seeing, all, like, a variety 
uh oh um i i think some of some of my some of my favorite ones were the um hair metal ones yes and i actually have so, a I actually have a story for for one of those if i may real quick go ahead uh <laughs> okay uh when i was a kid um i was living in um tucson arizona for a little while and um like my mom and I used to watch Beavis and Butthead together all the time because she thought she thought it was funny and then she, and she knew it was edgy so she thought it was important to kind of watch it with me, right? You, you know, in case there was something that you know needed clarification or whatever. But mo- more or less, it just turned into us just watching it and laughing together. <laughs> so we were watching the one I can't remember what episode it was, but it was the one it was one where uh, they were watching a White Snake video. So so it was like, you know, bikini clad babes and like fog and cars and, you know, all these just like macho, like 80s, you know, stereotypes Aquanet. or whatever. Yeah. So it, yeah, exactly. The hair that's like, like a, like a bushel, just like, like a, like, like a Pharaoh's cap, you know, with that, just like this perfect little orb on. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> But anyway, um, we're watching we're watching this episode that's got the White Snake video in it, and they do not like it at all. But well, they they like they like the fact that um, there's scantily clad women in it. They love yes. that. They don't really care for the music, and they especially don't care for the smoke that's through going because it's like covering the you know it's covering the co- chick. Yeah, covering up all the stuff <laughs> they want to see. So. Um, uh, Beavis finally goes. Hey, this white smoke is starting to piss me off. <laughs> so, anyways, we laughed really, really hard about it. And uh, I was uh, like, I was like eighth grade, somewhere around there. So, um, that was right around when the Amber Alert became a thing. Mm. So, um, uh, my mom sat me down and we had this talk about like, you know, if somebody tried to pick me up from school or from somewhere. And I wasn't sure who they were. She's like, we need to have a code so that you know that that person is who they say they are and that I sent them. And I was like, okay, how about this white smoke is starting to piss me off? Because <laughs> it was this inside joke. It was funny. We would remember it. You know what I mean? Like, so, okay. So, um, one of my mom's coworkers has to come pick me up from school, right? <laughs> So she tells my co the, she tells the coworker, okay, yeah, I'm picking my son's blonde, he's this tall, blah blah. Private Nirvana T-shirt on. Um, <laughs> he uh, so the code is this white smoke is starting to piss me off, and she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, just 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 trust me, okay? It's our code. He'll know. He'll, he'll, he'll know. He'll know. He'll know that you're that you're been sent by me one hundred percent. So she pulls up to the school, and she just sees this little blonde kid walking down the side of the school to the to the to go to the bus or the parking lot or something she pulls up to him and rolls out her window and goes hey this white smoke is starting to piss me off and then this kid just turns and looks at him horrified and she goes oh no oh no and she just drove away <laughs> oh man so we got <laughs> we got a lot of mileage out of that one views and episode oh. let me tell you <laughs> so yeah, Beavis and Butthead's got a special, special, special place uh, in my heart for numerous reasons. But yeah, my mom and I, uh, we have the the white the white smoke. Uh, uh, yeah, never forget all, that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Oh 
god that's that's a, that's the thing right these the this you know you could say the, the same thing with um a lot of other shows right and i'm not talking about animated animated shows because i'm not sure because i couldn't find it right i couldn't find it when i was doing all my research but this had to have been inspired by things like the young ones you know uh the young ones if you know if you've not seen it if you haven't heard what the young ones is uh the young ones is a british tv show and it's kind of um it's a comedy but it was done as like a variety show right so they had every week they had a musical act on and every other scene was either um you know guys trying to pick up women and failing spectacularly um, John, johnny bravo style yeah slapstick or, violence or pepe pepe le pew style where he uh, just more, jo- more, more johnny bravo style just openly sexually assaults them and then wonders what happened yeah <laughs> i mean okay like, bra- okay bravo was just all talk he was just yeah. a little mouthy but um they, they'd have slapstick violence and like when i say slapstick violence i mean violent slapstick right not not slapstick violence as it will like they would literally take uh full-on cast iron skillets and smack each other about the head with them with the comic sound effect that you know that comes in with it the the actual dong right and you know but it was all it was all centered around music it was all centered around um the the main characters were a sociology student a hippie a shady kind of mobster type deal and an anarchist doctor student okay right and um check this out now that sounds pretty crazy it's it's really it's really really good unfortunately it's really really dated in terms of his jokes Uh, because 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 it wasn't because the young ones was the 80s and you know it's got like lots of thatcher references and you know all the things that were going on at the time but if you take the references out of it i think that this that the young ones might have inspired beavis and butthead to an extent no because it's got that same style (laughs) <laughs> Max Hedrum's the coolest, and he will always be the coolest. This is 1986. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, we are uh, 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 going to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that guy was a trip. Yeah, it, it's it, he, they they kind of uh, pioneered uh, glitching though, because that's kind of like the new thing now. Yeah, I think Isn't that crazy. <laughs> right, I think that that's the thing though. MTV gets a lot of stick these days for its goofy reality crap and and stuff like that, but yeah. they did pioneer a lot. They really you did, uh, yeah. And during that time, they absolutely did. And um, you know, this is this is one of the things that they pioneered for sure, right the, here that they were part of. You know, this was the first MTV show that wasn't strictly all music. Now, it it did have a lot of you know, it did have a lot of music in there, but yeah. this was the first thing that was designed that wasn't specifically music. It had sure. music in it, but it wasn't, you know, it yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a, there. Yeah, when we look at the notes, I mean, the music review took up you know nearly half the episode, so it still had it had a basis, but it had a, had an actual narrative. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you know, I'm reading that off the notes. I mean, you could call it a narrative. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really like just shenanigans, like you oh, know, definite uh, shenanigans, mal- malfeasance. Uh, you know, but yeah, the narrative portion for the sake of argument. Yeah, that, that's the that's the only way I could. That. The story segment just sounds even even classier. <laughs> yeah, right. Gather around, children. I'm going to tell you a story about two gentlemen by the name of Beavis and Butthead. Butthead, yeah. Butthead. Yeah, it's uh, it's an absolute, it's an absolutely incredible story about Mike Judge about this whole the way he came, the way it came about. I mean, it, it's really something. Oh yeah, Mike Mike Judge, man. He um, he's he's a Texas boy. 
I didn't know he was that. Te- I mean, I know King of the Hill was like based in a a, a Dallas suburb and Arlen. Uh, yeah, a mock Dallas is, suburb. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's based, based on Arlington, I think. But, I mean, I didn't realize he was that much in Texas. You know, I didn't realize he okay. was raised in Texas. Because um, he's from New Mexico and born in Ecuador. But yeah, I guess that, he's... That's, that's, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you up, but that, that blew my mind. I was reading over the notes earlier while my wife was cooking dinner and doing some... Jotting some stuff down. I was like, Mike Judge was born in Ecuador? She's like, what? I'm like, I know. I, I think he's as Ecuador. I think he's as Ecuadorian as if a cat is born in a tree, it's a bird. <laughs> I just think his folks yeah. happen to be and I think he touched upon that in one of the King of the Hill episodes where um, Hank Hill is a proud Texan with a Texas dad and a Texas mom but he was born in New York gotcha so, okay but but he's not a New York guy he's a Texan man so he's you the uh, what, what was that salsa company that was always like New York City get through <laughs> He was like that version of the salsa <laughs> Hank Hill is that guy but like he was, he was a computer programmer, and a, I don't say failed musician, but he was a traveling musician. You know, he didn't have a steady band or a steady act or whatever. He was kind just a nomad. Yeah, he was a he was a, he was a sideman for hire wherever you wanted him. You know, and but in the early nineties, he took up animation, and then he produced a short, like a short film, short animated film called Office Space. Not to yeah. be confused with the movie Office Space, the which space. he did a few years later. I was going to say, he directed or wrote that one, didn't he? Yeah. I, mean, one, it, I can't remember which one it was. It was an expansion on what he did here. You know? Okay. Um, yeah, figure it. Okay, cool. Com- Comedy Central picked it up, thought it was fantastic, and so, they, so you know, he was going around all the Viacom places, and one of them's MTV, and he did a short with two, two, two teenagers called Frog Baseball, which is the pilot episode of Beavis and Butthead, which is essentially the two guys playing baseball with frogs. Right. Now this does now this is okay, okay, playing baseball with frogs, that doesn't sound hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious when the fact they start beating each other with the baseball bats because they can't hit the frogs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember how I remember seeing that and and looking back on it, uh it looks it looks pretty crude. Yeah. To be to be oh, honest it's... with you, but I mean the first the first attempt, you know, it's even the Simpsons looked funky in the very. Oh yeah, beginning. it looks better than the, the original Simpsons stuff. You know the Tracy yeah, Ullman Simpsons. Yeah, or uh, what was the other the uh, the the one with the wavy lines? The one I was talking about a few episodes back. It, anyways, it was it yeah. was like breathing all the time. So anything's better than that. It was definitely better than that. <laughs> definitely, and I mean you gotta you gotta love Mike Judge, right? Because you know, oh yeah, as, aside from being talented and aside from being creative. And aside from being funny, he wrote, developed the vast majority of this stuff. He did all like all, almost all of the male voices as well. He did, he did all the male voices. I he, mean, it's, uh, what, it's just, it, he directed yeah. the show and he wrote the majority of the scripts. I mean, it's incredible, man. I mean, look, I've been doing this little audio-only podcast with a couple of videos every now and then, right? And I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm voice and blah 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 blah. This this is exhausting. Yeah, it's a I lot. I can't it's imagine a, yeah. how he would do deal this. With, yeah, to deal with like writing, scripting, directing, animation, to like be uh, have all those other things, and then to the, do to the, do it two hundred twenty two times. Yeah, and then deal with the suits. <laughs> you know, because I mean, it, he, legal. He was, yeah, yeah, I mean, oh god, lord, I I hate to see the legal bill for this <laughs> this show. Yeah, Man. South Park. It's like South Park. I'm sure you know. They they probably got down to a science by now. 
Oh yeah, sure. And the, but the thing is with South Park is that they had two guys doing it, so it's, it had the workload. You know, yeah. I mean, you had Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and a lot of the voice, a lot of the the core characters were voiced by different people. Yes, they did have a lot of a lot a lot of help. Um, but do you know Ike was never voiced by the same person twice? No, I did not know. Never, that. never. I thought I thought it was his daughter. No, um, because huh. what they they actually they actually touched on in an interview. Um, kid kids only talk like that for a very specific time in their life. So what they do yeah. is they put out a casting call for a kid right around that age, and they just it's like. like it's like a year and three quarters or something like that. So the very specific time. So they just put out a casting call and find a kid that age and they record him saying some funny stuff and then throw it on there. <laughs> well, they probably have a bank by now, but they, that's what they did. They, they said they couldn't stay with the same kid because no, they needed yeah, to can't. stay. So they would just find one that was similar and just boom, re-record. <laughs> and that kids is why females play uh, pre-teen males in cartoons. Yep. Because you can't keep, you know, once once a kid he hits 12 or 13, and they go from talking like this to talking like this, you can't really, you know, 10-year-old Bart Simpson would, wouldn't work, <laughs> you know? Oh, that, yeah. Uh, the, the, if, did you see The Simpsons where uh, it was like a cutaway where Homer is singing in the choir, he's singing a solo, oh. and, he's, and, <laughs> and his dad's like, that boy's gonna make me a million dollars. And then oh, as Grandpa. soon as he says that, yeah, <laughs> so good. Oh, Grandpa, you, oh, okay. you, you old fool. Uh, but um, <laughs> so after he, <laughs> so after he developed all this, right? He developed the show Beavis and Butthead, as we know. Beavis and Butthead are a pair of high school teens who are dim-witted, sexually obsessed metalheads who have no idle supervision and no self-control. Yes, absolutely. And this, this is what I always wondered: Are the parents like gone, like literally, or are they just aloof? Are they just like partying somewhere? Like, yeah, I mean, there's no evidence of them ever being around. So I'm thinking the former, honestly. Well, you know, it's they're just not there. It's heavily implied, heavily, heavily implied. Hang on, let me let me let me make sure I got the the right guy because, you know, I for, for the longest time I couldn't tell them apart, and even now I still can't tell them apart. You know, it's 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 a curse of mine because you know it's just like dude and laughing all the time. I their names always you know I always get them confused. But it is highly gotcha. but it is highly implied that Butthead's mother is a prostitute. Okay, that makes sense. And 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 we're not talking a street we're not talking a street walker. We're talking about a, a house one. You know, ah. the one who calls the guys in, uses the bedroom, you know, the... the, the, the uh, okay. I, I don't want to say lazy because that's that's deeply offensive, but, you know, the, the the one who has people come to her rather than her trying to find people, you know? that That's right, the implication. Right. So all yeah, this is going on... Yeah, I Todd coming out of there or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's hev- it's heavily implied that's that's Butthead's mom. Beavis's mom, no idea. <laughs> well, we find out... We found out about their dads actually yeah. in Do America. I completely forgot about that. I mean, that's I guess they didn't come out and say it, but I mean, it's there's, heavily there's, implied. <laughs> well, I think there's also some pretty good empirical evidence and some pretty heavy context clues to back all that up as well. So, well, not only but, uh, that, yeah. not only that, it implies that Beavis and Butthead are half brothers in the movie. Yeah, because they okay, Be- yeah, Beavis. They say Beavis. They say the guy who's Beavis is dead. Is the only one that hit it. 
Uh, okay. Their words, not mine. <laughs> now, for, for okay, everybody, right. for everybody listening, I know I put a um, a uh, disclaimer at the front of the episode, but we're gonna do. The, I'm gonna give it again, real quick. There, we are gonna be using language that was used in the '90s by Beavis and Butthead to get into the spirit of the episode. We don't mean any offense when when we say some of the things when we say chicks and and stuff like that. Okay, I don't, I I I just want to make that clear. I know times have changed from the '90s and so on and so forth. But this is our way of trying to explain, you know, explain explain the show. So using the language that we are using, it's not meant to be offensive. It's just meant to be the easiest way to explain it where people who've watched the show will understand what we're talking about. So that, you know, that way we don't yeah. upset anybody. I'm, I'm not trying to upset anybody, I promise you. No, it's, 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 it's completely derivative to that particular snapshot in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't, that, you, you can't talk about Beavers and Butthead without using double meaning, double innuendo stuff, because that was a lot of what the humor was based off of. You know, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll nail my flag to this mast. <laughs> he said nail, <laughs> you know, and that, that was it, you know, I mean, so, so like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Apologize if you, if you're offended, apologize if you're not offended, but this is, this is the only way we can talk about this without being disingenuous. You know what we need to do? We need to get a banjo. We need to do a Beavis and Butthead style disclaimer in the beginning. <laughs> I, might, I might look for that. Actually. Anyway, moving on. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up the disclaimer. Oh, I'm, already, I'm already playing it oh, through my head. Okay, it's cool. in the notes. It's in the notes. Oh, is it really? Awesome. Yes. Because there's a reason why the disclaimer showed up, which we'll get to here in a little while. Uh, so oh, let's, yeah. oh yeah. So the story, right? The the story of Beavers and Butthead is they're in a town called Highland, Texas, which is again a fictional suburb of Dallas. Any any town USA essentially, it might yeah. as well be. It doesn't show necessarily show much regionalism. I mean, the only person that shows regionalism is the neighbor. Yeah. To it's, be it's, fair, it, everybody else. I mean, um, Ben Dreesen sounds like a northerner. Everybody else sounds pretty Midwestern. So that's interesting that they chose, decided that was Texas, because there's not, there's some, but the main, the core characters don't appear to be very Texan, so to speak. Well, the thing is, though, Dallas is, um, the Dallas is, the, is like, huge, right? I mean, it's we a lot more me- metropolitan than, I, than I'd give it credit for, probably. Yeah, so it's it's not, when people think of Texas, they think of the big hats and the belt buckles and the yeehaw. Right? Yeah, Which is I mean, really, really bad stereotype, but you don't see that in Dallas. Yeah, the TV I mean, show, that, yes. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time there. I mean, I usually go there and fly out or go to a concert. I mean, so, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, but you know, Texas, it's it's just got it's got its own presence about it. Its own the United States states. of Texas. Yeah, it makes its own statement. You know, like oh, that everything's bigger in Texas thing. You know, it's so yeah, it's there, just there one were, of those things. There were no Texan stereotypes. I think that's that's what really we're dancing were, around. Yeah, there really wasn't, and it, it wasn't a lot of regionalism, like stuff that yeah. that pointed to the fact that they were in Texas. I mean, some, just, but I mean, it just it just it just pointed out a couple of times, hey, we're in Texas. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's a lot with a lot of a lot of things too, with the exception of maybe something like Friends, for example, or you know, or some some shows in the UK that that, that was specific. Once you watch the show, you kind of forget where they're located at, unless they explicitly shove that down your throat. Because like Friends kind of like was, we're, 
Yeah. Friends, yeah. we're in New York. New York, New York, New York, New York. And like, C- you know. Central oh. Perk. Get it? Central yeah. Perk. It's like Central Park, but we changed it to the E because you're drinking coffee and you'll be perky. Get it? Get yeah. it? Like, you know, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I watched um, Law and Order and it's all based in New York. But right. you really, but you really can't tell it's it's stereotypical New York because they don't shove that part down your throat, aside from NYPD every now and then, you know. Yeah. So, so I think the fact that it was in Texas and nobody could really got that fact was a good thing. Yeah. Well, and and then again, it was it was being done by a Texan. Yeah. So, so he knows. So he would know. So yeah, I, I totally trust that. Honestly, yeah. So each episode of the show, right, was um, was there were only four stories ever told in Beavers and Butthead, right? I mean, okay, there were there were different ways of doing it, but the basic four stories were they would get into shenanigans, whether they would either hurt themselves or get hurt, excuse me, they would hurt others, they would inconvenience other people, or they would be hurt by other people, and sometimes or it would the, have a mixture of yeah. those, yeah. And sometimes yeah, it yeah would. exactly. Yeah, sometimes it would be all four of those, or it'd be combinations of them, which I thought was kind of interesting. Because a lot of times it would be, uh, it would just snowball at the end and turn into all four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. But it was, um, uh, but it was only those four. Pretty much, yeah. So I mean, you know, that 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 I guess that was the other thing that made it good too is that you kind of knew what to expect. Right. But you didn't know which one you were getting. I mean, the worst thing that they were going to do is damage property. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, really, the, the rest of it was just like unpleasantries or inconveniences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the story would be told like in two or three parts and it'd be split up by a music review, which we'll get to here in a second. And basically at the end of the story, the town or the school would be in complete utter chaos. Because yeah, of what yeah. they they did, yeah, and they would just be like, "This sucks." Let's yeah. let's let's go. <laughs> they didn't realize they were the ones that caused. It's kind of like SpongeBob and Patrick, you know. They didn't realize they caused the dis- right. everything. It was just, why is that building on fire? <laughs> Let me ask you this: Do you think it's because they're naive or because, um, they're they don't care? I don't think it's I don't think it's naivete so to speak, I think yeah. it's genuine obliviousness. Obliviousness, not self, not self, selfishness, self-centeredness, but more like the lack of awareness. Yeah. Like they didn't realize that their actions would cause something. Not, they don't, okay. A lot of the times where the town was in chaos, everything that they did wasn't malicious. It was just, they were oblivious that they were doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Because they only cared about like, um, getting boobs rubbed on their shoulder during a haircut or like yeah. drinking fake beer with a straw like yeah. they, they didn't care what they had to do to get to that goal like <laughs> yeah and it, it was single minded but I don't think what they were going for when it um when it was going wrong they weren't they, okay it wasn't malicious it was just basically to, as you said to get to their goal and they didn't realize what they were doing so it was definitely obliviousness yeah. Uh, yeah okay i think that's i think that's extremely fair honestly because i don't think they're naive because i think there's i think uh, naivety implies that um a certain amount of ignorance a lack of culpability yeah 
innocence, if you will. Yeah, they, but for them, I think it's 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 ignoramus. It's it's yeah. it's it's just stupidity. Yes, yeah, and you can't fix stupid. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not that they 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 have the skills to obtain the knowledge and choose not to. They don't have the skills yeah. to obtain the knowledge, and they're not willing to go out of their way to try to. Exactly. So, so. they they just they they didn't know any better, and they didn't care. But I don't. Again, I don't think it was explicitly malicious. No, 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 and that's and that's and that's why that um, the, my point of naivety, yeah, came in because that's sort of ties that sort of innocence kind of ties back into that, if you will. You it's know? it's a naive ignorance. Yeah, it's bl- yeah. bliss, right? Yes, that's the word. I'm ignorance for. is ignorance is bliss, right? And they were blissful. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, explicitly, yeah. So. In between these little story segments, they had like what they called a music review, and they'd usually watch two or three music videos in a row and then go back to the story. And this was right. obviously, as we mentioned, back when MTV was a music channel, music television. That's what MTV stands for, kids, if you don't know already. Um, right. Basically, they would sit on, basically, would be the two of them sitting on the couch watching a music video and critiquing it. Critiquing the song, critiquing the video, whatever. And these were um, conversations that Mike Judge and somebody else would have. And he'd kind of record, you know, them going over the the video, right? Like you mentioned, the White Snake video. All right, so I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure Mike Judge or the guy he was watching them with said, uh, "What did he say?" But well, this White Snake t- started, yeah, starting to piss me off. Yeah, so he basically got all the best lines and then kind of ad libbed again in character with some of these one liners and and comments and stuff like that. This is the weird part about it, right? Beavis and Butthead, as we just spent a couple of minutes talking about, were dumb. They were dumb, dumb, dumber than a bag of rocks. As as ba- as, as dumb as a bag of hammers. But right. in these music segments, they would be... I wouldn't say intelligent, but... Um, they, they, were, they were in their element. Yeah, so it's like their the IQs increased 100 points when they were watching a music video. You know, they, they they were witty, they were uh, smart-arsy as opposed to dumb-arsy, you know, it was kind of like, you ever see, okay, you've seen, vo- okay, there, there was a there was a podcast, a uh, video podcast that was done by Rob Paulson, who was the voice of Yakko and Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. His name is Robert Paulson. Yes. Legend. <laughs> absolute god in the voice talent world. I mean, was doing voiceover work with throat cancer. An amazing, wow. amazing guy. Right, and uh, he was doing a podcast, and he'd interview another voice talent, right? And then yeah. he would grab a script from a movie, and he had uh, but uh, he had Nancy Nancy Cartwright and himself, and they would do in um, Silence of the Lambs the f- the first scene, Hello Clarice, right? That scene, right? As uh, the brain. And Ralphie, I don't think I like this. <laughs> you know, just just oh wow, and completely in character. But the script was, you know, w- w- was on, and I think that's kind of what this th- this is similarity about. It was proper criticism, but using Beavis and Butthead as the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Definitely, it definitely brought out. Um, I'll, you you got more out of the characters. Yeah, I think they like. I'll go back to my original statement. I really think they were in their element. That's that's yeah. where they were comfortable. That's what they liked. That's what they wanted to do. You know. 
and they they listen as as you mentioned they listen to all kinds of music and in the earlier seasons they kind of grouped the same style of music to every episode but as the seasons went on i mean they reviewed tom jones and rednecks in one episode yeah because a lot of times um they would do just like a snippet of a video and change it yeah or or they just watch part of a video they edited they edited down a lot of the videos for that and, and they um, they get angry and they you know they get angry stuff they hated they get headbanging the stuff they loved, yeah. So you know it it it, it that, that's what made it unique because it was it was it definitely played to the ADD generation as somebody said you know because you had this then this then this then this then this and this even though it was the same thing and you could watch it lin- linear linearly, you know it was it was still there. So who what is Beavis and Butthead? As we mentioned, it's a cartoon. So, who are the stars of Beavis and Butthead? Because this is the first time I'm doing a television. We're doing a television one, and so this one's you know a little, little different than how we do it normal. But in Beavis and Butthead, we start off with Butthead, and this I didn't know this. I I honestly didn't know this was written as he was going to be the quote unquote star of the show. He kind of seemed. I, I mean, I can kind of see that now. I didn't really think about it before, but I mean, that makes sense because he was always kind of like the ringleader yeah. of the two, if you will. I mean, he was. He was. He was. The, he was the leader, but I mean, he was. He's probably the worst best friend anybody could ever have. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, they're. But that's one of the reasons they work out because they're both similarly awful. You know, they're both selfish and kind of aloof and a little crazy well he he was kind of dumb <laughs> he was he was physically and mental abusive of, of, of beavis the whole time you know now, now looking back you know we, we understand these things a little better than we did 20 years ago yeah you know i mean he used to beat him with objects in his fists with no comeuppance you know um his only goal in life is to score with chicks that's it that's all he wants to do in life doesn't want to work doesn't want to do anything he just wants to get laid and that's it like i'd respect him a little right. more as if is if school with chicks and drink or school with drinks and part school with chicks and party no it's just school with chicks that's it right so you know uh he's the, he's the one yeah, with the he's, diesel he's, voice. he's the original right. basic bro oh yeah he's beyond basic yeah he doesn't basic, even want to work basic bro he doesn't want to work out doesn't have the car <laughs> nope um, he thinks he is like this cool, calm, collected, you know, suave, sophisticated. In the words of, uh, in the words of Jason Lee, he he thought he was a smooth, suave, sophisticated motherfucker, and um, right? he's basically as dumb as a bag of rocks. Yeah, maybe, man. But bag of rocks, um, you know, might actually have a slight edge <laughs> on him. Honestly, what's your IQ? I what? Yeah. Um, he believes <laughs> he believes he's better than everyone else except Todd because he worships the ground Todd walks on, which is ironic because Todd can't stand him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beavis, too. Beavis is... Uh, Be- well, Beavis is going to think anything that Butthead thinks is cool is yeah. cool uh, for the most part. There are a few exceptions uh, with other things, but that's going to be covered later on. So. Well... You know the the thing is about the thing is about Beavis. Let's jump to Beavis real quick. You know he was the best friend. He was originally written to be the sidekick, but you know he became equal. You know because the because the popularity, and then he became like this loose cannon who could not be controlled by anything, not even his own mind. You know, right. 
Uh, he's a pyromaniac, and that he honestly hates Butthead. Like, can't stand him. The only reason he hangs out with him is because he's got no other friends except maybe Stewart, you know? Yeah. And Pretty much, yeah. And But when he's getting his ass whipped or getting, you know, abused, he just takes it until he doesn't take it. And then when he doesn't take it, he completely and utterly, you know, just wipes the floor with Butthead. Yeah. He has a breaking point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it takes it takes a good bit to get there. But, uh, yeah, definitely has it. And, okay, they're both not intelligent, but he's the smarter of the two. Yeah, I would say, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Just just from, you know, ob- observing them. They're both definitely dumb as hell, but he's a little less dumb. He is a pyromaniac. Fire. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. He, he, that led to some problems, which we'll get to here in a little while. Um, yeah, oh yeah. But, um, he's a big fan of heavy metal, but, uh, you know, he, he, if he likes a song, he likes a song and he doesn't care whether, you know, Butthead likes it or not. Right. So, you know, and they've actually gotten into, into fights in the, in the review segment, because, physical fights because of that, you know? Um, yeah. But when he gets highly, highly caffeinated and highly worked up and stimulated, he turns in to the great Cornholio. Which... Are you, are you threatening me? <laughs> Do not anger my bungle. <laughs> that's the, to me, that's the funniest when he's, it's, he just puts his arms up and he's, he's like, <laughs> I showed so, so Holy to my, my 19 year old, nothing, not a peep, not a titter, nothing. And it's, I'm thinking, it's generational, man. I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with you? This stuff's hilarious. There was a, there was, I guarantee you, you had this experience at your school too, even though we, with, we were thousands of miles away and everything at the time. I guarantee you, after the movie, Beavis and Butthead do America, guarantee you one kid at your school would walk around with his, with something over his head, with his arms up going, hey, I am the great cor- I, I see. <laughs> yeah. It was probably me. <laughs> it was probably me, man. That sounds like something I would have done in, what, about seventh grade, I think it was when that came out, yeah. <laughs> But what's what's the I think I think the funniest part about it is I don't know Yeah, you know, we talk about inspirations direct or indirect, right? I don't know whether right. or not he was inspired or inspired early Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> huh. Okay. Cause you can kind of see it. they got the I same they got the same humor, the same aggression, the same you know Okay, okay, Jay doesn't pull a t-shirt over his head and go, but I mean, like, you know, the, the whole, the antics and shenanigans that they get up to. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, he's probably a little, a little bit smarter than him, but yeah, I could see that, definitely. And that, that accent, too. He goes from talking yeah. like an American into a Spanish accent, which is just... <laughs> 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 I'm yeah, that, that was some of the some of the some of the best ones for sure. And then and then the, and like a like a werewolf, he just transforms back to Beavis like nothing ever happens. And he has no idea what went on. Why people are looking at him stupid? Yeah, 
Movie. Oh god. Then their neighbor is a mildly senile and I mean just the the prototype to Hank Hill. Mr. Tom Anderson. Yep, he was a basically just a rough version of him. It it, it was I think the spirit of Tom Anderson split in two and became Bill and Hank. <laughs> Okay, okay. But, um... Because, uh, he was real close to the same voice. I knew when, uh, King of the Hill came out and I heard that voice, I was like, okay, yeah, that's definitely the... derived from that, uh, Mr. Anderson character on Beavis and Butthead. And, and you look at, you look at Bill from, uh, King of the Hill and you just see the washed-up loser that so Anderson the, maybe was. That's, well, maybe, maybe Boomhauer is, like, post-Beavis. Yeah. And Dale is, is post-Butthead. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's it. That's who they are. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. Uh, and for more conspiracy theories, um, but he like he would always start off every time he would see the boys. He would always start off with, "Hey, weren't you them boys who run off with my lawnmower? Gone <laughs> whacked off with my lawnmower?" <laughs> you know, it's funny. He kind of he kind of sounds like my my late grandfather. He he very very heavily. Uh, resembles that. I tell uh, you what. Lived, yeah, yeah. I I tell you what. Yeah, he he lived in uh Texas and Louisiana for a long time, so he's got that kind of that roving, you know, country kind of accent. But I mean, what a way to introduce yourself. Hey, weren't you two? The, weren't you the two that whacked off in my tool shed? I mean, just like you know. <laughs> and the thing yeah. is, they would always deny it, and he would believe them. Like, but, did, uh, did you? Those, those were like other guys. <sighs> Okay. Yeah, it would always, be, yeah, it'd always be like a really, really flimsy excuse. And uh, I yeah, in in the notes here it says that he has that he he shows all shades of senility, like forgetting things. And oh yeah. So uh, that's not an interesting point. It's not something that I'd really Ed was able to understand. I think it's I think I just, you know I think it's because he's been neighbors to one of the boys for so long, and he acts like he's never met them before. You know, yeah. I mean, that's 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 extremely extremely fair evidence. Yeah, for and, sure. And he thinks that they're Asian, although he says a much more offensive word than 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 we would. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. every time it's like, okay, that hasn't aged well. Uh, no. Uh, and but he's a vet of World War Two and Korea. So you know, and 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 this is the thing, right? He, this 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 is the thing. Tom Anderson was going to get his own TV show. And he was going to have a son called Hank. Okay? Okay. So King of the Hill was originally written as a vehicle for Tom Anderson. Right? Okay. But when Fox and MTV couldn't agree to the rights, because Tom was supposed to be Hank's father. Korean War vet, yeah. World War II vet. Okay, okay. They took my so he shins. Would be, he would have been Cotton, <laughs> yes. basically. Yeah, okay. But um, Yeah, Cotton's kind of hilarious. I kind of enjoyed him. So when they couldn't do that, they, re- they, they rewrote Hank and then... They gave his they gave his appearance to Bill. They gave his voice to Hank, and then they wrote a whole new dad for him, and then focused the 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 remaining scripts around Hank as opposed to Tom. I mean, and I, I was wondering about that. I mean, it makes sense though, especially if you couldn't get the the rights working correctly. But I mean, I, I thought Hank was much more interesting than Tom Anderson would have been. And I think Cotton Hill is more interesting too. 
yeah yeah he's yeah and he's always dating some like or married to some like way younger broad and he's just like he's like rowdy and you know full of uh full of energy yeah he's he's a trip he's, and, and didn't he's he fun, say, fun to watch and didn't you say he uh was occasionally stepping out of um butthead's mom's room <laughs> oh no uh, oh. that was, that was uh, todd yeah okay yes i thought okay yeah 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 i thought i'd seen todd like there was an episode where he like came out of the came out of his mom's bedroom shut the door and then like broke a beer bottle on the wall and left <laughs> like just something crazy like that I, maybe i'm misremembering but I, you know, just a, yeah another context clue that butthead's mom was a lady of the evening yes, i would say lady of the night but people go out earlier than i do uh <laughs> yeah, right. uh the next major character is daria I can't pronounce her last name, and I'm not even going to attempt to try. Mor- Morgendorfer. There you go. Very good. Because <laughs> for everybody who listened to the Lion King episode, you realize how many of those animal names I butchered, so I'm not even going to try this time. Uh, <laughs> she right. she was a student uh, at the school. Um, she is not completely and utterly detesting the lads. Maybe like 85% detestable she, she's usually she's usually trying to help them or offer some advice and just gets insulted no, i mean not all the time i mean okay they respect her as much as they could possibly respect somebody uh, more than most but still it's still not up to like a normal no. person's standards <laughs> they respect them as much as beavis can but it could respect somebody who's a chick and they and it says <laughs> And you have a note right here that they called her diarrhea behind their back. They also did call that to her face several times. <laughs> I did not know that. They yeah, there was a couple <laughs> times where they chanted it as she walked away. Diarrhea. Um, <laughs> they uh, Beavis like he did like a cha 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 diarrhea cha 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 diarrhea cha 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 like it was some something to do with the dance. I, I, I was struggling to try to find some clips. Um, man, I need to just. Get get some uh, DVD action going. Again. Yeah, I know. Same here. I looked on 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 all the the streaming stuff, and it's not on there, which is understandable, I guess. But I mean, if if but the um, YouTube has a lot on there. Yeah, I, I did get to see a little bit of it, but it's just so hard to like pinpoint stuff exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. So just kind of like grab what you can and watch it. But um, this one was cool. Uh, this character. Kind of interesting that this was the character that got the spinoff. Yeah. Because she was kind of um, decidedly bland in some respects, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, I could see that. I mean, they, they, uh, when, when you're given a bit per <laughs> in, in a, in a show with, two, with like over the top characters, somebody, somebody kind of would seem. Uh, generic and bland and boring and stuff like but that it's, but it's it was just so dry yeah that it, it was it was it was the lacklusterness of it was part of the shtick it was part of the delivery yeah and i think them if you will and they tightened her up completely when they did their own her own show and she do you, do you know who do you know who did her voice do you remember um her voice was if i'm remembering right was it janine garofalo because if it wasn't, that that would have been perfect. Oh, Janine Garofalo probably would have been the perfect area, but um, I because th- she's like queen dry humor. Yeah, I think it was truth. Truth about cats and dogs. If you if anyway if um if you haven't seen that movie, yes, I've she's seen that movie. in that. 
her and Uma Thurman. It's kind of a chick flick, but it's a really, it's a really, really good movie. Um, and she is absolutely like sarcastic up to level 1000. So if you want to see some good nineties, dry humor, that's definitely a good one. Check out. Well, ironically, it wasn't, um, it, could have it was actually a lady by the name of Tracy Grandstaff. Huh. Now, okay. now I've got her uh, pulled up on IMDb right now. All right? Right. And I'm looking at her credits, and she has no credits aside from okay. Daria. Um, she she did she wrote for the Tom Green Show, and did some writing for Nickelodeon briefly, and you know has has been a consultant. And but I mean, she is literally has only done Beavis and Butthead and Daria, and she was the voice of Daria in Beavis huh. and Butthead. Because I know. Oh, so for for both the her series and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I mean, because because okay. sometimes you know for um they they do do that they do if they, if they give a character a spinoff show they do change the voice for some odd reason, you know. Sometimes yeah, yeah. sometimes are they at least they used to in the nineties. But the fact that that's her only credit, yeah. man. Which is a shame because you know, it's a damn good voice. Yeah, I mean, it fit perfectly what they were what they were going for. The that delivery was absolutely spot on. Yeah, Janine Garofalo was actually kind of a big deal during that time. That might have cost them a lot of money. Oh yeah, definitely more than MTV. Could, I didn't think about that. More than MTV could afford, definitely. But yeah, she would have commanded a lot more. I mean, she doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so you know that's 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 how. Um, however, she's cashing them checks right now. Da- I'm sure she's got some kind of residuals off that stuff. Because Derry has built up a, a kind of college white girl uh, following, you know. Yeah, she's she's she was a she was an icon for, for sure in the '90s. Um, you know the um a lot of a lot of women liked that she spoke her mind, and yeah. you know if something was wrong, she would point it out, and she would point it out uh reasonably and logically and with facts yeah and you know she wasn't evidence she wasn't airheaded which a lot of no female characters were around that time she was strong smart independent yeah. you know dedicated loyal yeah i mean she was absolutely an extremely positive role model and, and like i said a bl- and she was also hilarious a, so. a, bl- <laughs> a, a kind of bland character in beavis and butthead but again it's hard to stand out of beavis and butthead yeah. with those two as the main kind yeah. of you know um well, that's that's true. Yeah, she was very bland in that, but they developed her really well in her own series. So I'm just shocked that they they took that risk from that example, you know, if you will. Yeah. So, um, the next person we're talking about is Van Dresden or Dreisen. I can even pronounce it right. Again, my horrible Van Van Dresen. Van Dresen. Yeah. The hippie teacher. <laughs> okay, boys. Today we are going to <laughs> very very cut. Co- my favorite. Go ahead. They went. Ca- My favorite one was when they went camping. <laughs> um, it was Van Dresen, Stewart, and then Beavis and Butthead, and um, they're like watching Stewart and um, Van Dresen try to put the tent together. Yeah, and it's there's just all these like um, sexual puns, and they're just s- sitting in the bush, just watching them laughing. He's like, here. Grab this pole, Stuart. He's like, stick it in the hole, Stuart. Harder. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. Um, Van Dresen, absolutely hilarious. He's kind of the um, 
we haven't got to him yet, but to me, he's kind of the antithesis of Buzzcut. Yeah, absolutely. It, he's he's the he's the open minded, you know. We don't punish in here. We talk about our feelings, you know, and that that kind of well, see, just real transcendental kind of, you know. Well, see, when did hang on? Let me let me look up something real quick because I, I I know this is gonna sound weird, but uh, you you'll understand you'll understand what I what I mean here in just a second. Um, this was in 1993, right? And mm-hmm. so, hang on. This this came out in 1993, and Ven Ven, he's described as a hippie, right? And he is a hippie, but um, right. This, I mean, you got to understand, this is not even 20 years after Vietnam, because Vietnam now right. was like you know is, is is close to 45 years ago, right? From from where we are sitting. Yeah, easily. So, Buzzcut and Van Driesen. Again, I apologize if I, if I bust it, but blew, 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 yeah, completely utterly butchered it. But um, no, you got it. They 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 came from. They'd be what early forties at the time. The characters were yeah, late thirties, early forties, which is around about the time, like twenty years from Vietnam. Right. So they could have been. They could have been. You know, uh, Van Dresen could have been like one of the protesters. That you know the 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 anti-war protesters and Buzzcut could have been a vet, you know, which is why they yeah. have completely and utterly different opposite end thinking, because different perspectives, yeah, because yeah. it you know I, I'm not necessarily saying it it is a Vietnam thing, but I mean it's it's close enough. I mean because when this was made, this was as far out as v- <laughs> Vietnam as we are with Afghanistan. Yeah, or it could have been Iraq War too, yeah. because that was just a few years earlier. It, but yeah. Um, he does. He does. He always gave me a drill sergeant vibe. Buzz, buzz yeah. cut. Oh, he. So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt if he had like intense military training. But um, I think one thing that Van Dresen did inspire was Mister Mackey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He, he. Yeah. He liked. He liked to use that word a lot. Which kind of we'll, we'll get we'll get to in a minute. Which kind of worries me a little bit, and I'll, I'll explain later. Um, we mentioned him a couple of times, Stuart. Uh, he's the only person the boys seem friendly with, although they completely and utterly use him <laughs> completely. He's, he's like, yeah, he's like a privileged version. He's a, he's like a privileged, non-dumb version of you, somebody, because he has similar interests. He's around similar age, but his his home situation is a little bit better. Um, a little than bit. Theirs. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, uh, well, let's be straight up here. Every every home has its has its issues of yeah. some sort. None 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 are perfect, but let's um, be some buttheads. Like they're like pretty much anybody's situation is better than that. Pretty much true. It's just it's, <laughs> I mean, St- Stewart's family. Yeah. Stewart's family was you know on the outside it was the perfect American family, but on the inside, Dad was a very very angry angry man. Yeah, it was about it was all about appearances. Yeah. So just making it look right, you know. So being neglected and left alone all the time sometimes can be better than, you know, constantly getting screamed at. On the one hand, yeah, perhaps you know. Um, but uh, he idolizes the boys and kind of he he's the patsy. He takes the fall for everything that the Beavis and Butthead do to him, and kind of accepts it. It goes with the territory, you know. Um, yeah, they look they they use Stewart's password at school. 
to look at porn, and he gets he gets the rap <laughs> for it, you know. Yeah, he's he's the um, what's the scapegoat? Yeah, I mean they the constant scapegoat. They they bring him to they, he brings him to his house and they completely destroy it, you know, break furniture <laughs> and everything like that. Um, but here's the thing, right? Beavis likes Stuart because Beavis doesn't have a personality. And and what I mean by that is, let me, let me rephrase that. Beavis is a very, very, very. He needs. A, he he's a follower, right? But not just yeah. not just like you know somebody who he's he's an actual follower follower. He's he's he he gravitates towards people who will you know who who are, I'm gonna say stronger than him, but you know who 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 are more outgoing than him, right? Yeah, so you, you kind of latch on to him. Yeah, so I mean, he's the he's the he's the complete opposite of butthead, right? And in the, right. in the episode, it's a miserable life. It shows what would happen if Butthead wasn't born, and Stuart and Beavis were actually again they were the best friends. But instead of being a lazy pyromaniac, he would be like you know the uh, the assistant when Stuart would do charity work or volunteer work or you, you know what I mean. Like it's a wholly different trajectory, like a positive yeah. arc, if you will. Yes. Yeah. And you know. That kind of is negated by the fact that Butthead would completely ruin everything. But I mean, <laughs> you know. Sure, sure. Well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't even be in that situation to begin with, probably. Yeah, exactly. So um, then you got McVicker, Principal McVicker. He is. <laughs> you boys. <laughs> he was like, it's it, it. Was he like? Is his head about to explode, or was he constipated? <laughs> like, what was that dude's deal, man? He is. Jeez. This character right here, right, kind of was the first of its kind. I mean, you'd seen it in in books, right? But nobody, everybody thought of it as fiction. But because and used like kind of anthropomorphically with you know, but never never had had a high school principal being this abusive and aggressive publicly at that up until that point. Not since Mister Belding. <laughs> no, just kidding. He was he was actually super cool for uh, all the you know maniacal crap he had to put up for with him from Zach Morris. Who's trash? Yeah, and that, that series is so funny. They they release a new one every Friday, and that is nice. the best part of my week. But I mean, yeah, it's so funny. I mean, you know, principals up until that point, or teachers up until that point, if they were bad teachers, they were buffoons and stupid and dim-witted, you know, when. Oh, dumb. Incompetent, yeah. yeah. But this was yeah, the first exactly. aggressive, angry, uh, do it all fucking spank you principle out there, you know? Yeah, I mean, he looked like he was about to blow his top 24-7. Like, he was on the edge of an emotional and mental breakdown. He, he hits kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Or, or the, either that or he, Beavis and Butthead just ruined every... You know the idea of that for him. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's not having a good time. I'll tell you that much. Well, that and I mean, you know, he was he was seen he he was a he was a dick, and he was seen as the abusive leader. You know, and and he was written as that because we, yeah, and you know, he is on medicine for for an unnamed illness that involves seizures and blackouts. And I think in the last episode, he actually has a heart attack and dies. Oh. That's well, that's <laughs> that's sweet. Um, we 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 briefly touched on Buzzcut. He's a former Marine and Vietnam vet. Vet, vet? Vietnam vet. <laughs> God, I can't talk tonight. Um, 
But uh, Sergeant Gunny from Full Metal Jacket, that's who he was based off of. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. No arguments there, yeah. I mean, he's sadistic coach. He's the math and substitute teacher. He 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 hates everybody but McVicker because he's a superior, which, you know, he, he's he's a former Marine. He, he He's a sergeant, so he needs somebody to, uh, you know, somebody above him. Um, he hates kids and sees most of them as weak, and he l- enjoys bullying them. You know what? 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 Yeah. What was the football team? Basically, what? yeah. I mean, he was—he was just like he thought he was going to war. What was his homework for the football team one night? Go beat up a gifted kid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he just wanted to. He—he uh, he thought he was running a military school or something. I think he thought he was running boot camp, but what he was running was dodgeball. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, and then you got the Burger World manager, who's the you know who's doesn't have a name aside from Burger World manager. I looked it up, could not find it. He's just known as Burger World <laughs> Manager. Um, he's their boss. All right. He's their boss at Burger World, and who constantly is pissed off at their shenaniganery. Um, then there's Todd, who's the bad boy of the school, and then there's uh, Lolita, and you're gonna have to pronounce that one for me because I can't do it. Tankeray. <laughs> yes, the school bikes who uh, briefly dated the boys. <laughs> you call them Easy Rider. Easy Rider again. Listen to the disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, those are the characters. What the show really did, I mean... First, okay, Beavis and Butthead, the first thing you think about is the laughs. You know, just, just the straight up, everything was like... <laughs> you know, all... Yeah, it, it, it started and ended everything they did, th- pretty much. Everything was a laugh. There was one episode, I can't remember which one it was, but there was one scene where they started laughing, and it was a full 90 seconds of them laughing before they made their statement. I think it was something along the lines of, can you just, like, shut up? You know, it was... <laughs> you know, and then just, like, another minute of laughing. I mean, that was the, that was how they'd start a sentence, that's how they would end a sentence. You know, just, like, right. just, just completely there. Um, they were considered stupid beyond belief... And Mike Judge did that. Mike Mike Judge wrote them as stupid in the in the story and kind of more intelligent in the um review simply because he wanted to differentiate between the two. He wanted to make sure that, you know, you could take them seriously as reviewers while watching them, you know, get up to what they get up to. Yeah, they they that's that was I mean, that that was like the only thing that they were kind of good at. Yeah. <laughs> literally the other thing that that i mean we've, we've touched upon is that um the attitudes towards women and the way they did it they wrote their attitudes and mentality and everything like that in a way that was so over the top that nobody could believe anybody would act like that when in reality it was just mocking people and not even going that over the top with it you yeah. know, a lot of do du- a lot of dudes in the nineties in Britain, in particular, thought they were lads and studs, and you know, treated women worse than Beavis and Butthead treat- treated women. Wow, you know, Jeez. yeah, I know, right? They, I mean, basically put, they always backfire with their crude ways of talking to women, and they're just disgusting, and you know, they wouldn't even know what to do with that if they got the chance. Yes, I mean, it- <laughs> too, which is. Because there was a couple instances where they were, they had they had the golden opportunity, and 
they like got scared. They literally didn't know what to do. They were so overwhelmed by the situation. They, you know, they they could all they could do is just revel in how, how they almost scored. Yeah. It's like it's like they walk into a yeah. brothel with a fistful of thousands and walk out sucking their thumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, ironically, right? Beavis doesn't really is is interested, but not as interested, right? He's he's just Beavis is just interested in whatever Butthead's interested in. So, um, it it doesn't matter if it's um beer or nachos or you know women the heavy metal like it, it yeah it doesn't matter if if Butthead likes it if Butthead's about it he's gonna be about but it. But the th- the thing the thing is what's ironic is while Beavis isn't as into the the scoring with chicks as Be- as Butthead is whenever somebody's attracted to either of the guys they're attracted to Beavis. Yeah, it's, you know, blonde, you know. I mean, but... I guess that makes sense. But they also misread the signals. Like, they, they went to an abortion rally to pick up chicks. I mean, just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... Um, uh, you mentioned Jay. Yeah. Jay, uh, Jay Silent Bob. That's Dogma. Where, 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 where were they in Dogma? Yeah, exactly. They, they were trying to pick up chicks at a abortion clinic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the funniest scene in that entire movie is when they leave in the car and... You just hear the engine. What gear are you in? Gear. It's like, how did you even get? How did you even get that into? Out, you know, how did you even get that car moving? <laughs> you don't know how to operate a clutch. You're, you're screwed, buddy. I, I, I never drove a standard. The fuck is shifting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, uh. Um. <laughs> the other thing that they that that would happen to them is the fact that. There was a South Carolina uh, Democrat, right, who was talking about this in the, in the, the the Congress one day, talking about how this was a scourge and shouldn't be shown to children, and he referred to them as buff coat and beaver. So what? So what? Mike Judge did because he's Mike Judge and he's awesome. He decided to every time the boys met uh, Tom Anderson, he would refer to them as. Butthole and Joe, Buffcoat and Beaver, Penis and Butt Buttmunch. Just he'd never get the names right, especially if there was another one. There's another one too. I'm trying to remember it. Uh, uh, maybe mm, I don't know. I think it was a Butthole and Beaver. Butthole it was and like he, he started because I think but, Buffcoat and Buttmunch, Buttmunch. A couple of those got switched around. But yeah, um, I like Buffcoat. That, that's after really he funny. got the whack it off in his tool shed. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, I, as I was going through this, um, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it, and a lot of the episodes in my head run together. The only one that stands out is the episode where they have to get a jock strap for PE, and they end up like with an eye patch each. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the only one I remember. Right, the details specific. Oh, dude. So. I remember, I looked, I looked over all these. I remember all of them. I remember every single one of them. All right, so I'm going to give the episode, if you can give me a description of it, what you remember, that would be fantastic. Because, like I said, you, you have okay. a better memory than I do because I can't pronounce anything. Uh, so, I will do my best, so, for sure. Um, you know, it's basic. So a lot of it's pretty basic because it's abuse and butthead. But I mean, yeah, because, yeah, I, I mean, it, they didn't need to have deep, deep plots. Because, no, like I said... With the, it was all about the antics. Yeah, they only had... Again, we, they only had four things that they did. And I think they, these episodes prove it. So the first one is Frog Baseball. Which was the pilot episode. Yeah. Um, they watch TV, they get bored. And after they set try set fire with insects and firecrackers, they spot a frog inside to play baseball. 
and they end up hitting each other with the bats a few times, end up fighting, right. and then eventually they hit a frog with the, they hit they hit the frog with the baseball bat. It explodes, and then they spot Mrs. Higgins' poodle. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, uh, I mean that was the first one I ever saw. It was extremely shocking that they just went there immediately. But you know it, it definitely it definitely was a strong first offering. Showed that they were, you know, ready to play. Yeah, if you the, will. his gloves were off. So, episode one. Yeah, it was really it was if you if you see this one, it's definitely the most rough and underproduced version the second episode looked better than the first one and i'm sure some of that might have been budgetary yeah time etc um but nonetheless yeah it's 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 um it's definitely the um nucleus of what was to come but um yeah it was still character development and animations were still probably in the alpha stage maybe beta stage um but they tightened it up really really quick and then by four or five episodes you had the classic look of what you remember they now. nailed it they mm-hmm. didn't yeah judge judge knew what he wanted and he just kept carving it until it was looked good you know Sweet. uh next one is manners suck the debut of yeah, mr um, manners <laughs> yeah um this one i don't remember too much about um but it's just basically just another classic case of beavis and butthead um uh, just saying stuff sucks. They don't ever want to try anything new. Um, they want to eat nachos and <laughs> watch cartoons or watch music videos and go to concerts. That's like all they want. So everything else sucks. This sucks. Like everything. And so they end up in- obviously manners, they're not going to be cool with that at uh, all. He ends so. up in a fist fight with Van Dreesen, which... Uh- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, which is ironic because um, you know he's he's probably the biggest pacifist in the entire series. Uh, the next one is Candy Sale. That one right there um, is. Oh gosh, <laughs> I, yeah. I can explain this one really well. I remember this one. Um, okay, so they have to sell a bunch of candy for uh, it's either an assignment or fundraiser, some type of thing. High school candy and. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they have these chocolate bars, and they're a dollar a piece. So Beavis is like, "Hey," or Butthead's like, "Hey, you should buy one of the, these chocolate bars from me." And he's like, "Okay." So he gives him a dollar, and he gives him the chocolate bar, and then he's like, "Hey, you should buy one of those chocolate bars from me." He's like, "Okay." So he gives him that dollar back, <laughs> and then they just keep eating the chocolate bars. And giving the dollar back and forth <laughs> to each other, and that's how they came up with three dollars, because they they sold the couple and then they traded one dollar back and forth to each other. It, they just kept giving the <laughs> yeah, doesn't work that way. And this also ends up with Buzz cutting Manners in a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> Manners was in like four episodes, and each one he ended up with a fist fight with someone because well, we got to write something, fight. <laughs> That that's what would ha- probably happen in real life, though. To be honest, if you did something that ignoramus to that, and then that be that you know, flippant or you know, ignorant about uh, it, you know, <laughs> Mister Anderson's balls. Yes, <laughs> that's the next episode. A lot, a lot of genitalia puns in that one, um, where he's like washing, washing the balls. Um, there's like a ball washer, yeah, and he like he he's he's puts them in there. And it's like this thing where he's like drop it down it's like like it spins them around and 
wets him, you know? And he just he starts he starts just pumping it up and down. He's like she's really and then uh and then uh Mr. Anderson comes up behind him. Damn it, boy! And he goes, Rah! and he pulls it up, and all the balls go Bush! like everywhere. It's very, very suggestive, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It, yeah, that was a, that was a really funny. Tell you episode. what, though, that was a good get rich quick scream. Go to the, go to the golf course. Yeah, they, I would say they did. They did create a racket um, off of that, and ended up um, get, uh, they would steal his balls. Like he would hit one off, yeah. you know, in the rough or in a bush. They would steal it. And they would take all the balls, wash them, and then wait for them outside of the pro shop, and then resell them the balls. Actually, kind of, kind of smart, really. I mean, it's you know, it's scummy, but you got to give them to for the, the intelligence factor in that, which it's, is a, a ratio know. of intelligence. Then you have the debut yeah. of the the great Cornholio. Yeah, you can't forget the great. Not just Cornholio; <laughs> he's the great Cornholio because yes, would his son be Cornholio the lesser? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Based. Basically, uh, Corn- Cornholio the Greater and Lesser. Basically, the boys end up um, raiding Stewart's house for can- for candy after a bad dinner, and then Cornholio is born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there was uh, there was another one. I don't remember this one specifically. I mean, I do remember, it, but I, like all the details. But there was another one, Neil um, uh, at Stewart's house. They were over there early in the morning for some reason, and uh, his his mom gave them breakfast burritos, and they were all excited about it. It's like, yes, breakfast burritos, awesome! So uh, they take a bite, and Bud's like, ugh, and Beavis is like, ah, mine has eggs in it. <laughs> like he didn't he didn't understand the concept of it. Uh, so yeah, I remember I remember them ransacking the cabinets and like looking for, um, you know anything, quote unquote, real food. You know, because like I said, they're all about nachos and burritos yeah. and pizza and burgers. You know, <laughs> the next the next one I'm looking at right here. I think. The the next one right was um this this Stewart's house gets completely utterly trashed by a gentleman called Mr. Sex. His name is Harry, right? <laughs> Beavis and Butt had find the name in the phone book and basically prank called the shit out of his house, called him Harry Sex the whole time. I don't know why I'm laughing. Wow. And that's Sax S A C H S, just in case you you know, so you can it, it doesn't uh it, uh was it isn't there a company like Goldman, Goldman Sachs? Goldman Sachs, yeah. Sax, yeah, so like that that same spelling. Oh, yeah. I'm 36 years old, nearly 37 years old, and I'm still laughing at Harry Sax. <laughs> oh, I was laughing at um um uh ad I was working on the other day where they said steel erection. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel uh, like I had, I had to be professional and uh, continue on without laughing. Um, there's an episode called No Laughing, uh, where McVicker bans the boys from laughing for a week. However, Buzzsaw finds this out and just so happens to sight through a sex ed class. Oh, yeah. He, they didn't last long. Yeah, I remember them covering their mouths and he, he just kept saying penis and <laughs> vagina and, like, penetration. And like, words that would, you know, excite a 14-year-old virgin, probably. Um, so. <laughs> episode called Bus Trip, where Van Dreesen takes the class out on a field trip. So not only does he have to deal with the boys being the boys, but um, he has to deal with them on a school bus. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the crash. Oh man. This that that episode was apparently the 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 best the voted the best episode of Beavis and Butthead ever of all time. Yes. Really? I have to rewatch that one. Um, the boys end up. I vaguely remember they, it. they moon all the passengers, moon all the other cars, and you know this is this is the thing. Given these these simple, I, I, let me, let me, let me, I'll, I'll hold that thought for a second. The final episode was called Beavis and Butthead are Dead, which was the second greatest episode of all time. And as we mentioned earlier, okay. uh, McVicker has a heart attack when the boys come back to the school after they were uh, declared dead. <laughs> so the boys were declared dead because they hadn't come to school for three weeks. And oh, okay. when the school eulogizes them, the local TV station kicks in a check if they can be found. And they just roll up, take the money, and McVicker has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, just a couple of... Just took care of it all in one false swoop. Now, there. look, I know, th- th- on the face of it, those descriptions very, very brief and sound like, "What the hell are they talking about?" But if you have not seen it, I, I, I urge you, go watch these episodes because we, we can't do it justice. Yeah, yeah, and there's so there's so many, there's so many subtleties. Yeah. I mean, ironically, to a show that's you know, um. You know, us just you know, right around the realm of toilet humor and intelligence. Yeah. But um, the way it's written, yeah, there's all these little nuances and and comedic gold that's just hidden away. You know, like uh, finding a a, a stray uh, onion ring in your fries. You know, yeah. just oh look at that ah. You know, so yeah, really really good. But you know, we we've talked about all the good side of the show and what's funny, but it did cause some problems. Right. You, you'd expect a show like this to completely and utterly cause problems. Yeah, you know, it, it, it would. And, and, you know, a lot of it was some scapegoating, but... Which is yeah, always the case. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's going to happen. I mean, that, it doesn't matter what type of media it is. People are always going to blame media. I mean, there's people that'll, that'll blame religious texts yeah. for things. I mean... Just as quickly as they will a, a movie or a video yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, know? Beavis is a pyromaniac, as we mentioned. He always go fire, 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 right? Fire, 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 fire. And th- yeah. that was only like in the first half of the first season, and then he stopped. You like burn ants? You would burn ants and stuff with a magnifying glass. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, yeah. he 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 stopped doing that all of a sudden, right? And people didn't know why. They just changed it and and whatever, right? And that was because a two-year-old child died in a house fire right it was a mobile home that was set on fire by a five-year-old and the family claimed that the five-year-old had seen episode of beavis and butthead heard the chain of fire and set fire to the house this was called bullshit by the neighbors and and friends claiming that they didn't even have cable or satellite so how in the hell did they watch beavis and butthead scapegoating yeah this you know they needed somebody to blame but mtv caved because i guess they didn't want to be sued and they pulled the episode and then altered all the masters where beavis is yelling fire so the originals that were if you didn't vhs them you you don't have them they they, they completely wow. and what they did is that you know he would um he would chant words that sounded like fire but weren't fire. Like, for example, when he was at Burger World, he'd yell, Fryer, Fryer, Fryer. You know? Or he would about to say something right. to do with fire and he'd get stopped. You know? Right, right. Yeah. So, like, an homage, yeah. like a silent. 
Homage, but in t- but when Comedy works. Central picked it up in 2011, the, like in the first episode, Beaver, now that everything's out in the open, the restrictions are gone, he says fire like eight times in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right. Like South Park when they when they said uh, uh, shit yeah. 128 times or whatever it was. Yeah, wow. I don't know. That word, that word isn't censored in the UK. It's censored yeah, over here. Um, it, it, not anymore, though. No. It's 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 really kind of fifty fifty. It depends on the network. Well, see the the, the we- and the time it's airing. And the stuff. weird thing I find about uh, yeah, in Britain you could say anything, but uh, but fuck or after nine o'clock, which you know, are any derivatives of those two words. When I, that's I mean, yeah. so when I'm watching South Park that episode on British TV and it's censoring the word shit, I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know. Um, there was, (laughs) I mean, you, you tell somebody they can't do something in a comedic world, they're going to do it. Yeah. They're going to find a way to, to, uh, do it without doing it. I'm going to bleep this because it is offensive, but I mean, there was an Australian comic who, uh, was told he couldn't say a certain word in Canada. So, you know, he went away and wrote a song and his very first gig in Canada that he ever did, he sang a song called, well, you can't say in Canada. (laughs) <laughs> right. so, you know um that wasn't the only thing that resulted in a death um and in in, in, uh, in 1994 a child was killed by a bowling ball dropped from an overpass by an eight-year-old child in seattle as an infant yes so uh, bowling Even bowling worse. ball got thrown off an overpass crashed through the car bang right uh, it was the episode of the episode of Beavis and Butthead called Ball Breakers, right? And where they loaded a bowling ball full of explosives and dropped it off a height over an overpass, right? Yeah. However, again, this guy did not have access to cable, and this was before like everything was on every TV. It hadn't been syndicated yet, so. Yeah, so you would have had to have uh, premium yeah, cable. Yeah, you, you to had watch a premium it. cable, or you didn't watch it. Be, and and like I'm saying, they didn't even come up with the VHS at that point. You know, it was still relatively yeah. new. Um, so what happened was, right? They created an episode called Lightning Strikes, where Beavis and Butthead fly kites with keys in the middle of a thunderstorm. And when um, they were interviewed by the local news, they were asked, "What the hell are they doing? Why are you flying a kite outside in in a thunderstorm?" They said, and I quote, "They were inspired by some old dude wearing glasses." Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> right about the t- right about the right. town where the devil discovered electricity um <laughs> but um so because of this right the show got moved uh from its 9 p.m to 11 30 p.m and then it had not one but two disclaimers the first one was it, the first one was a written one, and then it was a, a verbalized one. So the written one said, "Beavis and Butthead are not real. They are, they are stupid cartoon. They are stupid cartoon people, completely made up by this Texas guy whom we hardly even know. Beavis and Butthead are dumb, crude, thoughtless, ugly, sexist, self-destructive fools. But for some reason, the little wienerheads make us laugh. Which that's fair. Yeah, it's true, but it's not really much of a disclaimer. It's just you know." They, we find it funny, so we're keeping it on the air. The second disclaimer was, and I think this was more kind of what led to the South Park one, which was Beavis and Butthead are not role yeah. models. They're not even human. They're cartoons. Some things that they do would cause a person to get hurt, expelled, arrested, possibly deported. To put it another way, don't try this at home. Which I guess is more of a of a good disclaimer, you know? 
I mean, that's an actual disclaimer, disclaimer, as opposed to just a, a warning. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it tells you that this is exactly what it is. It's just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Don't try any of this stuff. Don't do these things. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah that's fair. I mean, that's extremely and, fair. And that's really it. That That's Beavis and Butthead. I mean, I, I don't think we can do it justice with our descriptions. You know, we you have to go, if you've not seen it or haven't seen it in a long time, go watch it, right? Because, I mean, you know, I mean, it produced, okay, very few shows produce spinoffs. And if they do produce spinoffs, they don't produce more than one spinoff. You know? I mean, right. Dairy and King of the Hill came from, or the germ of, of the shows came from came from this. You know, they had to rewrite King of the Hill because it was rights issues, but it it's a spinoff. You know, you, you can't really argue with yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it was a scathing, satire, scathing satire of everything that was seen as Americana. You know, it was a satire of, of teenagers, of teachers, of life in general, of attitudes. It was completely and utterly ripping everything completely to pieces while at the same time being completely and utterly relatable. Yeah, I mean, it was it was all like situations that were possible to get into, but only by like depravity or stupidity yeah. but nonetheless like we all knew yeah i mean these guys they're like following the basic they're following their most basic instincts at all times which is to get food and to get laid have sex and, and i think we all we all yeah. knew a beavis and a butthead and if you didn't then the odds are you were the beavis or the butthead <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know uh, uh, uh no <laughs> right i mean you know the, the, aside from the spin-offs, South Park claims to be original, but they really borrowed heavily from Beavis and Butthead. There's some tropes. Yeah, there's some tropes that they definitely um, uh, took. I don't even know how to say it, but they influenced from, I guess you could say. I mean, you have kids being the, se- kids yeah, being the center of attention, rude, crude, and bad attitudes. You had, you know, the disclaimer at the beginning of the show, you know, uh, the mannerisms of the characters. I mean, Miss Cra- Miss Crabtree right. was buzz cut. <laughs> There's no other way around it, you know. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You know that, Mister Mackey. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that that was completely taken from it. They wrote about things in the current time because the animation style was so crude that you know they could get away with maybe being two weeks out of date at the most. You know, something yeah. happens today, it's out in two weeks on the thing, and that the main people voiced and and you know. Uh, wrote the characters, voiced the characters, and they did everything themselves. I'm not saying South Park ripped off Beavis and Butthead, but it is heavily, heavily homaged. Yeah, it de- definitely the influence is, is there, um, and they they did their own thing with it. But yeah, um, I mean, they had they were gonna have to have a disclaimer for that anyway. So I think I don't think that they so much copied them as so much that Beavis and Butthead set a standard well, yeah and i think for how you do that well, in a way here's the uh, thing i think i think the answer to, to the south park conundrum is in the episode cartoon wars yeah i mean they, oh god they, they said yeah. themselves after the controversy when they ripped family guy anywhere so they said themselves that um they like mike judge and south park and uh, not south park and beavis and butthead Darian and king of the hill are uh, awesome shows and they kind of return, you know, he returned the, 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 the favorable stuff and everything like that. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, I think it's more, um, 
not not necessarily homage, but like it's a it's nod. not Beavis and Butthead. This is just a tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was definitely edgier than stuff like The Simpsons. The Simpsons thought it was edgy, but it was nothing compared to Beavis and Butthead. It was. It was before Beavis and Butthead a little yeah. bit, but in comparison, no, it's it's very tame. And though. you know, we we ranked this as number two of the cartoons of the nineties behind The Simpsons. I still th- I still think yeah. that holds up. Yeah, I would I would I would say either one or two for either of them. I would almost call them like one A and one B. Yeah. Really, I mean, even though they they kind of served a different audience and they did a few things that were different, like as far as their influence and the 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 acclaim and the critical um, analysis and adore, uh, you know, the fact that people still adore this series, you know, it says they, a lot. They they did what they aimed for well. They did. They they knew what they were doing right, and they, um, and they excelled at it. You know, they 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 knew. M- Mike you know? Judge was able to tap into his audience and give them what they wanted without them knowing what they wanted. Yeah, he was he was kind of like blazing yeah. a trail, if it were. I think this, like I said, it's the second greatest animation show of the nineties. Maybe the first, as, as we mentioned, ten out of ten TV show. If you have not seen it, I'm not sure what streaming network it's on. It probably isn't, but they do have some episodes on YouTube, and of course they have DVDs. And if you're really, really old, VHS is up there as well. And that's Beavis and Butthead, guys. Uh, uh, Greg, man, thank you so much for um, for uh, for coming on. I uh, I needed somebody who who knew more about this than I did to get me through it, so I appreciate it. Hey, right on. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, to me, it was uh, it was basically a inspiration for what I would never be, <laughs> like a, a cautionary, a humorous cautionary tale. D- if you don't will. don't do that. You'll end up like him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so yeah, and I know you've moved into uh, you've moved into competition for me, which uh, you know <laughs> is awesome. That <laughs> <laughs> you have you have started doing streaming, have you not? Yeah, um, yeah, more more or less just for fun because um, I've got a um, access to some um, to a capture card and some other equipment and stuff like that. So I'm actually able to do um, uh, vintage consoles. So that's kind of yeah. It's just it's just I'm not trying to do anything with it other than than just have fun and but uh yeah i'm gonna probably be streaming at least once a week for about an hour or so uh last time i did uh, uh mario world 64 because i've never beat that game uh, what i'm what i'm doing is games that i've never beat nice so i'm gonna start with that one and then i'm gonna uh ghouls ghouls and ghosts or ghosts and goblins yeah ghosts and goblins I, they changed it to the on the super and always confuses me that's another one I've never beat. And there's two or three more. Uh, Mario 2, I've never beat that. So I've got all these games. So what I'll probably do is just do like an hour a week or so. And just just for fun. I'm not trying to get endorsements or... Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just a passionate gamer that just has the gear and can stream. So I'm going to... Sweet. All right. Well, look, we've got a couple more things to talk about. And uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I was going to give you guys information on our um, charity drive. Aside from what I'm doing... What 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 the uh, what one part of the charity drive is? I'll explain the rest of it here in a moment.
I sincere thank you here at the network for Greg for taking the time out of his day for uh, spending a little while talking to me about Beavers and Butthead. We had a good laugh, as you can tell. And, of course, if you want to go ahead and catch Greg, uh, stream some uh, classic video games, check out twitch.tv slash vintage underscore eyes. That's twitch.tv slash vintage underscore eyes, okay? Talking of video games and streaming services and so on, Season 5 of The 90s Gamer drops this coming up Tuesday. That's Tuesday, the 6th of October, as we tackled Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey. That's right, I'm going to be able to uh, play one of my favorite games of all time now that I'm able to, and we are going to take Abe through the adventure of a lifetime as he basically tries to let his people go from a lifetime of slavery and servitude and will he be able to do it well you'll only find out on our youtube channel that you can look us up at bit.ly slash bm network youtube every tuesday and every thursday until this is done we're going to be going ahead and trying to save all 99 mudokans uh we did a live stream of it last year of the uh remastered version and we got two-thirds of the way there before it just became too much and I wasn't able to finish. This way I'm going a lot faster and it's a lot more fun. So talking of streaming and charity streaming, we also have our charity live stream on November 28th, 2020, where I'll be doing a live stream of FIFA, the Road to World Cup 98. That's uh, one of the greatest soccer games ever made. And I'm going to see if I can take Wales, little old Wales, who weren't the best team back then, all the way to the World Cup final. Can I do it? You'd have to watch. What we're going to be doing as well is we're going to be joining the Movember Charity Drive. Um, I myself have done this for the best maybe eight years. Um, I've grown some great ones and some horrible ones. Uh, but this year, we're going to be doing a little different. Okay, We're encouraging all the guys out there to join us on the Because Maybe Network Mustache and Mullet Drive. If you grow a mustache or cut your hair into a mullet, come join us. We're trying to raise money for the Movember Foundation because the Movember Foundation is awesome um it was this time last year it, exactly this time last year where uh my mental health almost won the battle against me um pleased to say that in the last year that nothing even close to that has even crossed my mind um you know so looking out for other guys there, there are three things that i basically do these kind of things for when it comes to men's health that is men's mental health men's physical health and of course the boys, okay? Um, I'm a very, 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 very untactful person when I say that, guys, you need to talk to somebody when you're not okay, you need to admit to somebody when you're not okay, and whenever you get the chance, make sure the boys are not lumpy, okay? That's three things that I've always been advocating for, and I'm hoping with this mustache and mullet drive that we can go ahead, have a little bit of fun, um, raise some money, and yeah, our goal was uh, $250 last year. I want to go ahead and try that. It might seem like a drop in the bucket, but every little helps, okay? And it's going to be fun. Now, because I'm recording things in advance, and I've already recorded a lot of the uh, Oddworld season, you will not see the mustache around about that time. You will not see the mullet around about that time. However, if you don't see it, all will be revealed November 28th on our YouTube channel, as we live stream FIFA The Road to World Cup 98 so that we can, again, raise more money and kind of do everything in one sitting, okay? So that's what we've got coming up over the next couple of months, and I'm really, really excited. Uh, next week, uh, Sarah returns as we talk about one of the most infamous movies that almost killed a lovable, lovable character. We're going to be talking about the first of the Schumacher Batmans, 
Batman Forever. It's going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and hop off here. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram, check us out. You can uh, find the links in the description below, as well as if you're on our YouTube channel, bit.ly slash bmnetwork-youtube. And of course, if you're listening to this, and this is not where you usually listen to podcasts, but you just stumbled upon us, check us out. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn. And until next week, we'll see you then. Have fun, guys. And gals. Bye. Munch.